all your school rugby all in one place. This is Next Gen 50. Hello and welcome to the Next Gen 15 podcast, episode 11. I'm Angus Savage. Without Dan Richards today, sadly, Dan is uh, unable to be here, but he will be back fit and firing very soon. So we're looking forward to that. So you've just got me today wittering on to myself. I do apologise. Uh, well, I feel sorry for you, to be honest. You've got you've got me just banging on to myself. Um, but we're going to get stuck into some stuff because there's loads of stuff to reflect on on last week's account and loads of stuff coming up this weekend that's going to be really exciting. And we've got loads else to get into the next gen 15 schools rugby table the top five school teams of the weekend some fixtures coming up live games coming up the greatest school 15 of the last decade we're onto the bench now i've got free reign to pick that as well so that's going to get interesting loads and loads of stuff as well as looking at the world uh, under 20s 15 that we put together as well so there's all sorts of things to get stuck into but before we do any of that bit of housekeeping you can catch us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube and please get in touch with us on at nextgen15 that's at nextgenxv on Instagram on Twitter on TikTok everywhere it's always that handle so uh, you can get in touch anytime and we really want to hear from you because we want to know two big things this week who should be in next week's top five school teams of the weekend as in who's going to perform well this weekend coming or who has performed well this weekend coming rather and we really want your suggestions for the coach of our greatest schools team of the decade which coaches have stood out over the last decade already i can think of some major candidates you know you only need to look at some of those schools cup winning teams sam howard winning three in a row tony window tom pierce mark nacy our very own dan richards perhaps so many options, you know, John Mallet, Simon Mulholland, Nick Boyd. There's loads and loads of people out there. We want to hear your thoughts on it and uh, we'll debate debate it. And we'll also look at what makes these guys great coaches as well. So we'd be interested to do that. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but first, the news. It's not really a big week in schools news, which is great because that means no bad news. And no bad news is a good thing. Um, <clears throat> but we, uh, we did release the latest update on our Next Gen 15 schools rugby table using the ELO system and I'll tell you what that ELO system is uh, is giving us some really interesting things to talk about isn't it Clifton College and Trinity still sit one and two same as last week but separated by just a point that translates as a 0.1% chance more in Clifton College's favour of victory if the two of them were to meet it is that tight Harrow are only just behind and they're still it's what a less than 1% chance uh, greater that Clifton have of beating Harrow. Fourth Sedber, fifth Millfield, again they're just separated by a point. Kirkham Grammar School's sort of locked in on six. And then behind them, seventh to tenth, some tricky results in there for teams. Uh, we've seen the order rejigged, but we've also seen their points totals come down and the chasing packs points totals come up. So we could be seeing by the end of this weekend a bit of a shake up in the top ten. I mean Oakham are within a hair's breadth of getting into that um that top ten particularly after that fantastic cup performance against Stowe. And in fact, if I do some speedy maths, they are only just 22 points behind them, which translates as you know basically nothing, 2% chance, something like that. So they are uh, they are very close 
Denston College as well, rising up the table into 16th now. Of course, that victory over Sedbert. We're expecting Denston College to finish things quite quite nicely. But, you know, loads of other people. Northampton School for Boys, they've been doing some really good things of late, and I'll come on to them later, actually, because they've been doing some really good stuff. Cranley and Epsom College, 31-32. Epsom College beating Cranley last weekend, narrowing that gap. It's so close between them. There's loads and loads and loads of different teams that are doing really good stuff, but I want to pick out a couple of teams from kind of outside the top 50 because we tend to focus on the top 50 because we don't want to... We want to focus on who's kind of doing things that are enjoyable for them and who's performing well. We don't want to be reflecting on who's not doing so well. Um, Not because we don't want to feature those teams, but because we don't want to highlight the not doing so well part. Very happy to feature them at any time. And in that spirit, really worth us looking at Prince Thought College. 42 place climb to get into the top 100. Really good effort that. Cokethorpe, Royal School, Wolverhampton um, and Wycliffe College have all jumped over 60 places. Um, Ravenswood and Cooper's Coburn not just about 60 places 59 they've be, they've each gone up so uh, keep an eye we'll keep short, we'll keep talking about those sort of uh, movers up the table um, the ones making big big strides because you know they're the ones that probably get a little bit less airtime than others and uh, and they deserve it and actually one school I just want to have a look at where they are because I really want to talk about them 39th place Kings Macclesfield expect them to keep going up um, they have been fantastic this year, unbeaten, performing brilliantly well. Great win in the County Cup semi-final uh, in midweek. They're also into the Schools Cup quarterfinals, uh, having come through the North B section. Keep an eye on Kings Macclesfield. And i tell you what, they've got a good game this weekend against Stonyhurst and the following week they're up against Sedba. If they can get a result against Sedba, that would see them rocket up the charts. Um, it yeah, it's a difficult one. You'd, you'd back Sedbra in that, but I tell you what, Kings Macclesfield are uh, are on an absolute roll, and one one uh, Cameron Redpath will certainly be interested in that one, having moved back in the day from Kings Macclesfield to Sedbra. Um So there's loads and loads going on in that next gen fifteen schools rugby table. Uh, we've also got loads of live action coming up, uh, and hopefully, if I get this recorded and uploaded and everything in time, the first one of those that will be on the agenda. Is tonight Cheltenham College against Sir Thomas Riches up at uh, or across at King's Home Stadium, the home of Gloucester. These two so closely associated with the Gloucester Academy. Uh, loads of former players that are in the um, in the Gloucester ranks now. Uh, Ollie Thorley being probably the most prominent example from Cheltenham College. Also Jack Clement, I think, is a Cheltenham College old boy. Loads and loads of players from both schools. And uh, I'm looking through the team sheets actually as we speak and. Both sides littered with players that are in the uh, the under eighteen setup at Gloucester, so it's going to be some really good kind of head to heads between the two. Um, lots of boys that know each other. Seven thirty kickoff tonight. Both teams in good form. Um, myself and Wilfred Kemsley are, are on the mic. I think we'll we'll let do. I'm going to be talking a lot today, aren't I? What we're doing this, we'll let Wilf lead, and I'll uh, I'll interject with uh, bad puns and stuff like that. Um, Saturday, it's then the return of the school's championship. Millfield against Whitgift, one thirty kickoff from Somerset. That is going to be an absolute classic. Not just because after 42 days, the school's championship returns for round four, but also because the last two rounds of the school's championship have been decided by just a handful of points. 31-28, you'll remember Millfield winning on big side against Wellington College, holding off that Wellington fight back. 
Before that, in round two, Wellington College fighting back against Whitgift to win that by a point. I think it was 27-26. So already close drama in the school's championship. And how about this? Even more drama. Millfield v Whitgift last year, 28-26 to Millfield. At Colts level, 27-26 to Millfield. This is going to be so tight if it follows anything like the pattern of the school's championship and indeed fixtures between these two. So uh, we cannot wait for that one. The school's championship is back and what a belter it's back with. We will have it live on Next Gen 15 as the official broadcast and media partners. 1.30pm kickoff. Then on Wednesday, the school's championship continues. Round 5, Wellington College against Sedbert up at Broad Street RFC. The home of countless classics between these two. You'll remember Tom Curtis with that touchline conversion to win it for we went first said, but uh, Johnny McPhillips a few years before that doing the same. Ben Redshaw now uh, now said but captain scoring that wonder try late on last year to win it. So absolute classics. Wellington College have been on the wrong side of a lot of heartbreak in this fixture. Perhaps they can turn it around this time. Who knows? It's a shame we don't have Dan here actually because. Uh, it would be uh, it'd be great to be able to see his face as the <laughs> as the uh, inevitable um, memories of those games comes back. They uh, they sting deep those ones for all for all involved, um, but they're just such memorable occasions. Some of the the absolute pinnacle of school rugby, and I think if you look at that stretch from I don't know what it would be, but let's say roughly twenty seventeen to to kind of twenty 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 one maybe um, they were. Almost always the two best teams in the country. Almost always this fixture was the game that would decide what happened in the Daily Mail Trophy. Um, you know, I think it, it, Berkhamstead winning it last year was the first time in, I think, in fact, since like 2014 or something that it hadn't been either Sebra or Millfield, uh, Sebra or, or Wellington College rather, that had won it. Um, that is what this fixture has meant over the last few years and it, it's going to be a big one again. Um, the day after that, we're in action again, down at Seaford College as they host Hurstbury Point College. It should be a great game. Two teams that love to uh, love to play. So we're looking forward to that one massively. Um, I'm going to get into what's coming up this weekend once I've had a look at what was going on last weekend because last weekend was an absolute belter of a weekend. Um, I'm going to go through all of the fixtures that were on our 10 to watch list because our 10 to watch was, uh, it turned out to be brilliant. Um, and as the man that picked it, I like to think that that was because I kind of knew it would be brilliant, but that would be a lie. Um, the Oxford Derby, Radley College, 30-19 against Abingdon. Really good performance that. Oakham winning at Bedford, 40-24, having come through that incredible game against Stowe. Bodies were shattered. Three days later, they're back on the horse, going to Bedford. Brilliant. Clifton College then. <clears throat> Excuse me. Clearing my throat there. This is the trouble. When you don't have someone to talk to, you've, uh, you've got to do all this live. Um, Clifton College were absolutely outstanding against Wellington College. Um, 43-12. I mean, we know everything about Clifton College. So there's a reason they're sitting at the top of our next-gen 15 schools rugby table. But that is a statement and a half of a result. Absolutely brilliant from Clifton College. You know, Wellington gave that everything. But this Clifton side are just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Harrow. Brilliant cup win in midweek over Hampton. 
Same same thing as Oakham. Could they get back on the horse against a really good side and back up that result? They certainly could. 24-8 at home against Tunbridge. Our live stream on Friday night. What a game this was. The end of rugby week at Merchant Taylor School. Merchant Taylors are winning. Running Bluecoat come back to draw it level. And then in the last play of the game... Score the try to win the game, breaking Merchant Taylor's hearts, Reading Bluecoat taking the victory 28-21. Almost a similar story down at Cheltenham, uh, down at Millfield rather, with Cheltenham College leading, I think it was 17-10, with about 20 minutes left to go. Millfield come charging back, 26-17. Brilliant from them. Up in Yorkshire, Bradford Grammar School have been brilliant, but Quakes Wakefield found a way to get it done, 24-15. And then in the Benedictine derby, as either it used to be known or I've christened it, um, Stonyhurst beating Ampleforth 24-13. And then how about this, the Trinity machine? It just keeps on going, doesn't it? It just keeps on going and going and going. 38-21 against a Hampton side that were so determined after missing out in uh, in tough circumstances against Harrow uh, in midweek. Brilliant from then. And then how about this? Warwick, half-time against Sedba. A Sedba side reeling from losing to Denston College the week before and Warwick a 10-0 up at the break. And they hang on. 10 minutes to go, still hanging on, still 10-0. You think they're going to do it. Ben Redshaw comes on for Sedba, the skipper, the inspirational man. He helps guide his team in a comeback of all comebacks. 21-10, an absolutely magical turnaround from Sedba. A show of real character. Take nothing away from Warwick. They were exceptional. But that was all about heart, character, and a belief in the fact that your skill set will eventually come through and shine. Um, brilliant from Sebba. But elsewhere, there was loads going on. The Judd and Kirkham Grammar School, two unbeaten teams that just keep on going. So impressive. Uh, I think the Judd are probably the, the story of the season at the moment for me. Uh, just incredible. Epsom College, big game against uh, against Cranley. Emerged from that one 2019 victors. Whichever side won that was going to feel really good about it because they've had some tough, some tough results of late. Brighton College going beating St John's Leatherhead. You know they've they've had some some tricky results of late, but Brighton College with arguably their best performance of the season, fantastic from them. Bromsgrove winning a tight one against Rugby. Old Swinford Hostel winning a tight one away at Bloxham, and Northampton School for Boys. I said I was going to mention them. 31-22 at the Daily Mail Trophy champions, Berkhamstead. Fantastic result. Northampton School for Boys have been absolutely brilliant this year. So, what's the point in telling you about all of that? Well, it's because in amongst all that are my contenders for the top five school teams of the weekend. And I'm going to give you three off the bat that I think are just non-negotiable. And that is Clifton College, because that result against Wellington College is just extraordinary. Northampton School for Boys, because I think going to Berkhamstead for a school like Northampton School for Boys and getting that kind of a victory is seriously impressive. And Reading Bluecoat, perhaps there's a bit of live stream bias in this. You know, when you're there live and you get to see the drama in person, um, it maybe it feels a bit more special and a bit more dramatic. Um, but it was dramatic and it was special and it did mean so much to everyone out there. Uh, it was an absolutely incredible occasion and, and Reading Bluecoat are my third lock-in. So, who joins them? Well, I've got a little short list of of five. Um, Trinity for that victory against Hampton. Harrow for that victory against Tunbridge. Sedbur for that comeback uh, against Warwick. Millfield for the comeback against Charlton College. And Epsom College for that tight win 
over Cranley. So I've got to fit five into two. And really it's four into one because I think Sedba are non-negotiable. I think they were absolutely fantastic in uh, in showing that kind of mental resilience to get through. So Sedba become our fourth team joining Reading Bluecoat and Northampton School for Boys and Clifton College. And our fifth team, it's take your pick, but I'm going to lean towards Harrow. And I'm leaning towards Harrow for one reason. They've been incredible all year. They're unbeaten. Absolutely outstanding. But the effort required against Hampton in midweek in the Cup was extraordinary. It was a stunning performance. They then had to back that up three days later against a Tunbridge side that has been playing really good stuff of late. And they did so 24-8. Very comfortable. That is a mark of a really good side to be able to just back up when the body is screaming at you that it needs to stop. And they've done that. Um, you know, Trinity deserve a massive shout out they are unbeaten as well the reason probably I've leaned Harrow rather than Trinity is because Trinity had a, a week's rest ahead of the game against Hampton whereas Hampton were coming off the back of that defeat to Harrow uh, Millfield, you know, again a shout out for that comeback, it was an incredible comeback um, ultimately basically you just have to pick one side and um, I've, I've picked Harrow and, uh, and and kind of the same for Epsom College, um, who I think should take massive heart from that. That's a huge, huge result for them. Uh, really fantastic stuff. So that's our top five. Clifton College, Harrow, Northampton School for Boys, Reading Bluecoat and Sedba. And how about that? I did it in alphabetical order. That was very quick. Very impressed with that. I'm sure you lot just think that I'm uh, I'm insane. But anyway such as life now I'm basically just filling time while I find my preview of the weekend which you'll be able to see on the website this evening because I want to go through the 10 fixtures that I've picked out as a 10 to watch because I think there are some fantastic ones excuse me now obviously there's the Millfield versus Wellington uh, Millfield versus Whitgift game rather in the school's championship on Saturday that's a massive game we can't wait to do it um one thirty kickoff live on next gen 15 do make sure that you tune in it's going to be really special but so too Berkhamsted Stamford massive game Epsom College against Brighton College two sides you know I mentioned in those top five contenders after last week's efforts can they back it up this week one of them certainly going to, going to have to Trinity going to Hurstbeer Point College Hurstbeer Point of course next week are on a live stream Trinity everyone wants to topple them now can they keep going there's nothing to suggest they won't but I'll tell you what, Hurstbury Point, I'd love to. Kings Macclesfield against Stonyhurst. I said how impressed I am with Kings Macclesfield. And uh, this is just another chance for them to to keep on impressing us. Um, Stonyhurst are a good side, but they'll need to be at their absolute best. Northampton School for Boys against Warwick. You know, two teams we've already mentioned playing really good rugby. Really excited about that one. Big Derby up in Yorkshire. Quakes Wakefield against Woodhouse Grove. That should be great. RGS Guildford, can they get another big scalp? They're going to St Paul's. Oh, no, sorry, St Paul's are going to them, in fact. That should be great. This one I love. Kingston Park, Newcastle Falcons, play host to RGS Newcastle against Durham. Newcastle Falcons stacked with players from both of these two schools. They've been sending in good luck messages all week. It's been amazing to see which one's going to win it. Well, Durham haven't won since 2015 against RGS Newcastle. So it'd be a big turnaround in terms of recent history if they can but I tell you what recent history goes out the window when these two go head to head at Kingston Park it is such a special occasion and then finally St Joseph's College against Fimbra do read what I've written about Fimbra because 
it's so true. They've already impressed everyone this year. They've stepped up massively. They've beaten Ipswich, Northampton School for Boys, Felstead, Bedford. They're in the school's cup quarterfinals. They are basically looking like the dominant force in that region. St. Joseph's College not having that kind of a season, though they have had those seasons in the past, but they are still kind of the standard in that area. If anything, because of their history, because they have the festival, because they have this unbridled passion that they, they operate with, and to claim that status of being the kings of the castle in that part of the country, it's it's a good scalp to have. And that's what Fimbria will be thinking. And for St. Joseph's, they'll be thinking, we're not letting these guys knock us off our perch. I can't wait for that one. I've, I've been so impressed by Fimbria this year. Cannot wait to see what they can do. Um, but it's it's going to be a massive one, that one. Absolutely massive. Uh, now, I said I'd talk about the World Under 20s 15 that we put together because there's loads and loads of players from the UK. And what with this podcast kind of focusing on the UK school scene, um, I want to just go through a few of those for you. Henry Arundel made it at 15. Do check it out, by the way, before I get into this. It's on nextgen15.com. Um, labelled under our world under 2015 2022 and players from this we've done this every year since we since we began we also do it for under 18 level and every time players we name go on to become huge huge stars in the game so it's uh, it's always just good fun to be able to keep track of of who's doing what and of course some of the guys in this have already um done incredible things you know henry arundel as i mentioned the old harrow man in at 15 in this side Will Joseph in at 13. Both of them, you know, brilliant down in Australia in the summer. Um, Enzo Rebio is a player to keep an eye on. Left wing from France. Sasha, the South African 10. Everyone in the world knows him. Cameron Hanekam from South Africa as well at number eight. He was our player of the tournament in the Under-26 Nations Festival. Uh, Emeka Ilioni gets in at seven, the, uh, the England flanker. Really impressive, actually, this year with Leicester Tigers. Particularly in the Premiership Cup, he's done some good stuff. Chris Schinzer, everyone knows about him, don't they now? The Welshman. And then loose head Mattis Perchaud from France. Yeah. And a really UK-dominated bench, actually. Patrick Harrison from Scotland. Jack Boyle from Ireland. Ricardo Genovese from Italy. Mark Morrissey and Ruben Crothers, both from Ireland. Uh, Finn Smith, of course. Who could forget Finn Smith? Uh, wearing 22. And Emilian Galaton from France. Wearing 23, some really, really top players. But do go check it out. Um, it's just a bit of fun, but it's it's a good laugh. Um, I'm kind of rattling through here because, uh, well, I'm under time pressure. I've got to get in the car and get myself off to uh, off to King's Home in a minute. Uh, but we're going to finish off with our greatest 15, uh, greatest schools 15 of the decade. We've done the starting 15. It's now to the bench. I'll just rattle through that starting 15. This is off the top of my head. So um, let's hope I get it right, hey? Loosehead, Benno Urbano from Dulwich College. Hooker, Alfie Barbary from Bloxham. Tight head, Finn Baxter from Wellington College. Second row partnership, Chris Schinzer from Whitchurch High School. And uh, Joel Kapoku from Oakland's College. Back row, bit of a fudge at blindside. Ben or Tom Curry from Oundle. We'll, uh, we'll get into that when we do the bench. Uh, seven, Ben Earl from Tunbridge. And number eight, Zach Mercer from Merson Castle. In the back line, Alex Mitchell from Lim High School. Fly half, of course, Marcus Smith from Brighton College. Centre combination, who are now playing together at club level. Cameron Redpath from Sedbury and Ollie Lawrence from Bromsgrove. Back three on the left wing, Cassius Cleves from Wellington College. On the right wing, Gabriel Libertoy from Trinity. And at fullback, Lewis Liner from Hampton. 
And there we go, I actually think I got that right. Who would have thought? So the bench. I mean, largely this is going to be made up of people who just missed out on selection to the first team, um, as a real bench might be. But there are certain areas where we need to have a bit of a debate as to the makeup of it, um, not least because I've got certain players that I definitely want to get in. And since Dan's not here, yeah, they're getting in. It's happening. Um, Hooker, number 16, Jack Walker, Prince Henry's Grammar School. He was on the cusp of making the team uh, anyway. He's in a, at uh, in the 16 shirt. Um, close run thing, actually. Sam Riley from St. George's College, Weybridge, was a, was a really good school as well. 17 shirt, Bevan Rod from Sedbert. Again, almost got in the first team. Um, Bevan gets in at, at 17. 18 on the tight head side. Uh, Marcus Street from Exeter College. Loads of other options. Paul Hill. Um, and I should actually mention Lewis Boyce and Paul Hill either side of, uh, of Jack Walker in that Prince Henry's Grammar School team that was also the England under-18 um, front row and stuff. All three of them deserve a shout-out. But Marcus Street was basically doing exactly what Marcus Smith was at the same age, at the same time. Um, he was just playing at tie-head prop, so no one knew about it. Um, he was playing England under-20s in his upper sixth year. He was doing all that stuff. Um, an absolutely brilliant schoolboy player. 19 in the second row... That's more of a debate. Uh, there's loads and loads of players it could come down to. I've narrowed it down to three. Um, Johnny Green, who left Sea for college last year. Uh, Wales under 18, played a bit of Wales under 20 as well. Really, really top player. Ewan Richards, the former Millfield skipper, who's now doing incredible things at Bath. Um, and Hugh Tizard from Cranley, who I'm pretty sure won the St. Joseph's Festival with Cranley. He definitely won the Rosson Park Sevens with Cranley. He was an absolute phenomenon on the Sevens field. It makes it quite entertaining to see him as a professional now, you know, operating in kind of the more dark arts roles of the second row when uh, when I know that secretly he wants to be out there in the uh, in the wide channels having a, having a rampage. Um, choosing between the three, ultimately it comes down to those titles that Tizard has behind him and... Um, you know they're they're not the only factor in this team, but it it is a, a greatest schools fifteen and and part of that is is going out and having such a big influence that you win things. Uh, so Tizard gets the the nineteen shirt from Cranley. Back row shirt twenty is is pretty easy. It's it's whichever of the Ben or Tom Currys doesn't start on the blind side gets a place on the bench. Um, Say so yeah, a Ben or Tom Curry from Andal wears twenty. Now the the three backs is interesting, or has room for debate. Lennox Anyanwu from Christ Hospital is going to wear either 22 or 23. The debate we have is what to do about those two others. For me, Tom Whiteley is a certainty. Um, I've said it on social media that he's my favourite schoolboy player I've ever seen. I thought he was just a, an electric schoolboy, made you get off your feet. He can play 9, 10, 15 and on the wing as well if you want. Um, started his schoolboy career as a fullback, ended up at scrum half to accommodate another guy who's on the shortlist here, Darren Atkins, who was playing fullback. Um, so that's the debate there. The interesting thing we have is that we had a scrum half who very nearly made the starting team in Blundell's Jack Maunder. Um, and the question you have, therefore, is do you go Maunder 21 and Yanui 22, Whiteley 23? Or do you go, there's no point in having two scrum halves on the bench, so it's Whiteley 21 and Yanri 22 and someone else wearing 23. For me, 
And this is just for me, because Maunder is an exceptional player and was an exceptional schoolboy. I don't think it makes sense to have two players basically covering the same position. So, Tom Whiteley will wear 21. Lennox and Yanri will wear 22. We don't need to worry about fly half cover, because Whiteley can play at fly half if needs be. Cameron Redpath can stand, step in at fly half if needs be. And this is a school team. And Alex Mitchell, when he was a schoolboy at Lim High School, more than comfortable stepping in at fly half. So we've got three options there that can step in at, at fly half in this team. So we don't need that cover. We just want centre cover through Anyanru. Whiteley's covering 9 and 10. And kind of the back three, but we'll get another back three player in there. And given that Whiteley moved from the back three to scrum half in effect to accommodate this player it seems to me logical that Darren Atkins should wear that 23 shirt um, there are loads of other options another Millfield man Dan John Tom Parton from Wellington College Ali Needham one of my favourite school players of all time Matt Prothero who was incredible at Hartbury College Freddie Stewart Nick David yeah, the list goes on and on. Josh Hodge and Ali Crossdale up at Sebra. There are so many good players. Um, but I think I lean... Well, for me, I lean to a choice between Parton and, and Atkins because they were both part of two of the most incredible backlines I've ever seen. Uh, Wellington College had Rory Brand at Scrum Half. I can't remember who was at 10. Um, and then they had Connor Dolan and Matt Williams in the centres with... Sam Aspan, Robinson, Ben Loder and Tom Parton in the uh, in the back three. I mean, it was just ludicrous. And at the time, the big rival was Millfield, who also had this star-studded backline. Scrum half, Whiteley. Fly half, Callum Sheedy. Inside centre, Adam Hastings. Outside centre, Alec Coombs, who now plays Scotland Sevens. Um, and fullback, Darren Atkins. These two incredible backlines. Um, Atkins, I think edges it for me partly because of Millfield shuffling things to to accommodate him because um, they already had a gem in, in Whiteley but also because for me school rugby sometimes just comes down to moments and Atkins is the the owner of one of the great moments I ever saw uh, well I didn't even see it <laughs> um, it was at the St. Joseph's Festival and Darren Atkins was playing on the other pitch to me and well I wasn't playing I was observing but he was playing on the other pitch the one that I was watching and he scored a try and the entire festival seemed like it stopped while everyone went to try and work out just how good this try was the whole place it was all they could talk about everyone was looking for replays they were trying to get it on their phones they were trying to do everything it was a genius, genius score. And not often do you see an entire place stop like that. So uh, with that in mind, Darren Atkins, I think, wears 23, which means Tom Whiteley at 21, Lennox and Yanri at 22, and Tom Whiteley at 23. And that is our school's greatest school's 15, rather, bench. Um, let us know what you think. I'm sure you all have plenty of thoughts. But please, more than anything, let us know which coach you think should be coaching this because that is what Dan and I will be debating next time up. And I tell you what, I'd love a shot at coaching this group. You wouldn't need to do too much coaching, would you? You'd just be like, on you go, lads, play. 
Um, I'd love to get this team together. In fact, we got we got uh, Lewis Liner get in touch on Instagram the other day saying that we had to get this team together. And I tell you what, can you imagine it? This lot playing against the Barbarians, that'd be special, wouldn't it? But that's uh, that's everything for this week. Um, short and sharp, hopefully, because uh, I've got to get myself to King's Home and you don't want to hear too much of me just droning on having a conversation with myself. Dan will be back in the hot seat next week, rest assured. Uh, but until then, have a very good weekend. You can catch us on Acast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. And there's a YouTube special coming out in the next few days. Um, I'm recording a special podcast with rugby school headmaster Peter Green, who was also my first ever senior school rugby coach. Uh, I'm not sure he knows that, but he'll soon, he'll soon find out. Um, we're talking about the bicentenary celebrations of the game and of course, therefore, the game at rugby school. Uh, we're doing loads of stuff with them over the course of the next 12 months. And we're kind of kicking it off with that conversation with Peter Green about rugby, rugby at rugby school, uh, the game, how it all has come about. There's some of the history behind it um, and perhaps a little bit about what the future has to hold. Um, so it should be a good chat that. So make sure you catch up on that. That's Acast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and YouTube. And please, please, please get in touch on at NextGen15. That's at NextGenXV on all social media platforms. I'd love to hear your questions, thoughts, topics you want us to discuss, your top five school teams of the weekend, and your suggestions for the coach of the year, uh, coach of the decade, rather. Till then, though, have a great weekend, and we will catch you very, very soon.